Let us remember the words of uh, Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I want us to look at the uh, gospel reading today from Luke chapter 4. The Lord's favor. <clears throat> in, the, uh, in the beginning of the reading, starting in verse 21, it picks up right where we left off last Sunday. It says, Jesus, after reading that passage from Isaiah, says, this, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And the, the next verse says, And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words. <clears throat> However, that, uh, that atmosphere of rejoicing and expectancy and marveling at the wisdom of Jesus uh, came crashing down suddenly as he began to teach until at the end of his sermon, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they even tried to kill him. So you might... You might not pick up on all that's happened in this passage. That's why I wanted us to talk about it. Um, the passage that Jesus had, uh, had just read from the scroll uh, is from Isaiah chapter 61 in our Bibles today. It's verses 1 and the first part of verse 2. And uh, he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, and in my Bible, in the ESV Bible, this, the subtitle for this section of Scripture is The Year of the Lord's Favor. The Year of the Lord's Favor. And Jesus read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So if you put yourself in the shoes of, or sandals of the Jews who were listening to him teach in the synagogue that day, as he read this well-known passage that they had probably studied all their life and heard preached, <clears throat> the year of proclaiming the, the Lord's favor and the desire that we all have to experience the Lord's favor, they remembered what they had heard about Jesus. He had already done when he was in Capernaum. His, uh, the miracles he had performed had preceded him back to, to Nazareth. They knew what, what he had, uh, had accomplished. So they were expecting him to do the same thing in their own midst. So obviously they were excited. They were anticipating great things people healed and, and blind seeing and the deaf hearing and the different things happening. However, the Lord saw their hearts and uh, he knew that uh, the, the things they were seeking weren't the true favor of the Lord, but only their, uh, their self-fulfillment and gratification. He calls them out for their unbelief he not only tells them that uh, they lack faith and 
who he is, but he kind of rubs salt in the wound when he quotes from, or he tells the story from First Kings of the prophet Elijah. Now, Elijah is, is uh, one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. This story is found in First Kings chapter 17 and 18. It starts out by uh, discussing the the uh, dismal state of the nation of Israel uh, under King Ahab. And uh, I'm sorry, not Ahab. This is before Ahab. Is it? Yeah, it is King Ahab. Uh, before Ahab, they had been governed for years by different kings, and some of them had been good, and some of them had been evil. Uh, but Ahab had turned out to be one of the most evil kings. And so just when Elijah comes on the scene in the, in the biblical story, God had put a, a drought on the area. So they were already in a drought and beginning to experience famine. And Elijah, to start with, is led out in the wilderness to a stream where the Lord provides him with drinking water and miraculously feeds him with the ravens. And then the stream dries up and God tells Elijah to go to the home of a widow who will provide him with food. But it's not a widow in the, in the nation of Israel. It's a widow in the town of Zarephath, which is outside the border of Israel uh, on the, on the uh, shore of the sea. So he goes to Zarephath and he sees a widow gathering up sticks and uh, asks him to get him some water and bread. And she replies that she only has a small amount of flour and oil and is in fact collecting these sticks so she can cook his last portion of bread and uh, which she expects it to be the last meal for her and her son and after that they will starve to death. Uh, and this is a lady and the, the, the town she lives in is in the center of Baal worship and more, more likely than not she worshiped and prayed to Baal. But uh, at any rate, God sent Elijah to her to uh, perform a miracle. God assures her that God will not allow their food to diminish until the rain returns. So she decides to share her food and see what happens. And sure enough, the, uh, the flour and the oil don't run out. They continue to eat. However, after a period of time passes, the widow's only child, her son, dies. He dies suddenly, and then she thinks that uh, Elijah is the reason that, that he died. So Elijah decides he's going to pray for God to bring the boy back to life, and God hears his prayers, and he brought back to life. And so the, the widow is amazed, and uh, her faith is strengthened, and she knows then beyond any doubt that Elijah is sent from God. He's a man of God. So Jesus uses this story that day, in the, and it really, it really drives the, the Jews almost insane because they realize the point of the story is it, uh, it erodes their identity. Their identity is being God's chosen, being the country that God is raising up through which he will rule and reign so 
Then Jesus goes on and tells a story about uh, the prophet. Oh, also, Elijah continued to confront the evil king Ahab, who was married to Jezebel. And you know, the story goes on after his experience with the widow when the uh, to challenge the prophets of Baal to the to the uh, Mount Carmel to test to see whose God was real. So that's the story of Elijah. Then Jesus uses the story of Elijah and the leper Naaman. This is a similar story where Naaman is not a Jew. He's a Gentile. He was a captain of the host of Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he had developed leprosy. He was a leper. And he had heard there was a prophet in Israel, a man of God. So he sent a message to King Jehoram, Jehoram uh, that he wanted to come see this man of God, this prophet. And the king Jehoram thought it was part of her plot to start a fight. <clears throat> However, Elijah heard about it and he sent a message to the king and said, it's going to be all right, let him come. And he will know that there is indeed a prophet in Israel. So Elijah sent out his servant Gehazi to tell Naaman to go wash in the Jordan seven, seven times. He didn't even go and meet him. Naaman didn't even get to, to meet Elijah he just met his servant Gehazi on the way, and Gehazi said, Elijah sent me to, to, uh, to find you and tell you to go wash in the Jordan seven times. Well, that made Naaman furious because he didn't, it's, it's not what he had in mind. It's not the way he expected his miracle to come. Uh, however, one of his servants talked him in, calmed him down and talked him into uh, obeying and giving it a try and so he went to the Jordan and washed seven times and wonder of wonders he was healed and made clean no longer a leper he was whole well he offers Elijah a reward <clears throat> but Elijah declined it however Gehazi his servant got greedy and he chased Naaman down and lied to him fabricating a story as if he were speaking for Elijah so he got some money and clothes for himself and he brought them back and tried to hide them. Upon returning, Elijah asked him where he'd been and he again lied. He made up some story to Elijah. And Elijah confronted him and said, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And Gehazi left Elijah's service a leper white as snow. So more of that story is don't lie to the man of God. So the people in the synagogue realized by these two stories that Jesus told that he was basically beginning to set the stage for the proclamation that the kingdom of God had come not just to the Jews, not just to the descendants of Abraham, but to all the world, to all the Gentiles. And they were filled with rage. And he had called them out for their unbelief, and he had used these two stories, which they knew so well, to emphasize the compassion of God and to God's desire to extend his saving grace outside of the Israelites and Judaism. <clears throat> the, uh, the two communities that these people represented, the, uh, the lady, the widow in Zarephath and, the, and Naaman the leper, just uh, again agitated the people even more because they were they were uh, 
pagans and heathens that they despise. So again, these, these particular Jews in Nazareth had heard of the miracles performed by Jesus in Capernaum. And as they gathered there that day, as he stood up to read and he read that passage from Isaiah about the year of the Lord's favor, then, you know, they were pumped. They were ready to see uh, the, the kingdom of God come down in their midst. And then instead he calls them out and he exposes their true hearts. Uh, so much so that they... They got so enraged that they became a mob and tried to kill him. Uh, they wanted a Messiah that was going to overthrow the rule and oppression of the Roman government and return Jerusalem to the glory of the days of Solomon. So their desire for freedom and self-rule and prosperity had become an idol for which they were willing to kill to protect so my prayer today is for us to pray for the Holy Spirit to enlighten our eyes that we can recognize the idols that we might turn to, that we would justify prejudice or worse in order to protect those things that we cherish and hold deal and put above the kingdom of God and His true favor in our life. What is more important in our lives than seeing the kingdom of God established in our community in whatever way the Lord chooses fit to do so? We should seek to experience the favor of the Lord in our lives today. However, we need to seek wisdom and understanding in order to know what the favor of the Lord may look like. It may be that we have to experience what the world would view as a setback or a downturn, a downsizing even, before we can truly experience the Lord's favor. To trust in the goodness of the Lord, to recognize and, and believe in His absolute authority and power, to trust in His wisdom to know what is truly best in our and our best interest at all times is to experience the kingdom of God in our life here and now. Learning to be ever aware of each opportunity to be a true witness of God's grace and mercy to others is the path to greater joy, peace, and contentment. Acknowledging God's provision and His saving grace in our life will produce a growing sense of gratitude for all that He has done and will do for us. Let us lay down our idols and seek his favor in his kingdom now more than ever before. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nicene Creed. Amen.